Thank you so much, Tom, worship team. Thank you so much, Chelsea, Candy, Christ Community Church. Merry Christmas to all of you. It is so good to see you all this evening and to worship Christ together with you on this happy occasion, our Christmas Eve service once again. And if you could open up your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 53, that's going to be our passage of Scripture this evening. And our Scripture, our title will be The Arm of the Lord. And as you're turning in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 53, my wife Shannon passed this poem that a friend of ours wrote that goes in flow with the Christmas song, O Come All You Faithful. As you know, that song in its lyric sings, O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. And our friend wrote down this poem and said this, O come all ye faithless, downcast and despondent, come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of Angels. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Whether you are strong in your faith this evening, or whether you feel like your faith is hanging on by a thread, you have come to the right place. Come and worship Christ. Because He is the Savior of all those who look to Him in repentance and faith. And so no matter where you're at this evening, I pray that this message tonight would bring comfort and hope to your weary soul and would encourage you with how awesome our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is. Amen. Let's read Isaiah 53 that was read during our service so far. Isaiah 53, beginning in verse 1. Who has believed what he has heard from us And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. 
The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, thank you so much for all that you have done for us. And Father, I ask that you would just reveal your love for us this evening. As Ben mentioned a moment ago, bring home the great, great love that you have. Home into the hearts of all who are hearing this this evening. I pray for any who have not yet repented of their sins and trusted in you as Lord and Savior, that they would do so this evening. And I pray for all those who have and who are Christians in this room this evening, that you would minister your peace and your joy and your hope into their hearts tonight. I pray you would do all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I love Christmas. Christmas commercials seem to start earlier and earlier, don't they? I say go ahead and start them, even though it's kind of weird seeing Santa in August on TV. Christmas decorations, I love them as well. A family in our neighborhood was just on the TV show Christmas Light Fight this past week. Shannon and I love when the Christmas tree in our home gets decorated. Even when the kids put all the ornaments in one section of the tree and leave a lot of the other sections blank. Our tree has a white light or color light option. I mean, who would have thought that that would have ever come to pass, but it does. And I'd like to get a little show of hands of who would be in favor of the white lights, who would be in favor of the color lights. So, white lights, why don't you lift your hand, okay? Okay. How about color lights? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Representing, that's great. It's good to see that. I have loved color lights throughout my life as a kid and then growing up, and my wife is like the white lights, so... That early on in our marriage, there would just be this battle back and forth of just trying to change the lights back and forth. And uh, But I've come to appreciate the white lights and uh, love those as well. I think it was pretty even there, church. So that's a pretty cool variety in the midst of us here. I love uh, the memory of sleeping under the Christmas tree as a kid. It was something I used to love to do. I... Uh, <laughs> I used to take naps for hours under the tree when I was a kid and, and just enjoy looking up from the very bottom of the tree all the way up from underneath and looking at all the lights all the way to the top. And uh, it was just such a wonderful and such a warm memory for Christmas. And so much so that I, I tried to actually go under the tree not too long ago. And, uh, <laughs> And um, I almost became a lumberjack in the process, knocking the tree down. (laughs) We all love special traditions and happy practices at Christmas. John Reyes loves listening to Christmas music on Christmas Eve. So 
John, you'll be most likely doing that later on this evening. And he and his wife, Kim, love all kinds of Christmas music together. John even likes romantic ones like Santa Baby. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He hates that. (laughs) I just thought I'd throw it out. Just watch him squirm a little bit. Oh, man. (laughs) And Ben and Kelly Ross sported some sweet Christmas sweaters this season at the Crossfire Christmas party. And from what I understand, Kelly will be sporting that later on this evening when the family's hanging out together. Well, in addition to planning a surprise gift for our kids that we think is going to knock their socks off tomorrow, just heads up there, kids, but you won't know, and nobody's going to tell you because it's a secret but you got a sweet gift coming tomorrow that we trust is going to delight you. A little gift Shannon and I enjoyed was watching the Eagles game the other night by the Christmas tree <laughs> and receiving the good gift from God of the Eagles beating the New York Giants. And even though the Eagles are not making the playoffs, it was sweet pleasure watching Eli Manning of the New York Giants make his traditional pouty face after he threw a game-ending interception to the Eagles to lose the game. That was all I needed. That was my Super Bowl, church. And Shannon's as well. Anybody else back there? Christmas movies and specials are so fun as well. Movies like Christmas Story. Anybody like Christmas Story in our church? I love that movie. And specials like Rudolph. Anybody like Rudolph in the church? I like Rudolph. Uh, with the Abominable Snowman. Come on, you gotta like the Abominable Snowman. If you don't like the Abominable Snowman, something's not right. The Abominable Snowman, who is only abominable because he has a toothache. That was genius. <laughs> I can't believe I said the word abominable perfectly like six times. In that last little sequence, that's pretty impressive. And a gift, a Christmas gift from God as well. <laughs> and our most special special, the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Anybody like the Charlie Brown Christmas special? Yeah, excellent. Especially when Linus, as Ben says, drops the gospel bomb. The good news written in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. And I quote, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And Candy and Chelsea just sung, Glory to God in the highest. And how worthy Christ is of hearing songs from angels. And songs from us this evening, praising Him 
for taking on flesh and dying on the cross for sinners so that anybody in this room who repents of their sins tonight and trusts in Jesus Christ might be saved and given the free gift of eternal life. What a good God. What a loving God who would do something so wonderful. He's described here, Jesus is, in this passage in Isaiah 53, 1, which what you have to understand in Isaiah 53 is that this chapter was written 750 years before Christ was born. This was a prophecy. This was a prediction that the suffering servant, the Messiah, the Christ, would come and be born. And this was what He is going to accomplish. This is what He is going to do. He's described here as, quote, the arm of the Lord. And that concept there is what I want to look at this evening briefly of the arm of the Lord and what that speaks of. And I got two points this evening on what the arm of the Lord speaks of. Number one, the arm of the Lord speaks of God's power. Number two, the arm of the Lord speaks of God's reach. God's power and God's reach. Let's look firstly at God's power. Who has believed what he has heard from us and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The arm of God is referenced throughout the Bible and in a classic verse in Psalm chapter 20, verse 8. The Word of God says that God will save His anointed one with the saving might of His right arm, His right hand. There's an element here of the arm of God which talks about God's power. Christ here is described as the saving might of God. The arm of the Lord. Oh, powerful brothers and sisters, as we meditate on this this Christmas Eve, one of the things that I love is the Rocky movies. And one of the things that was just a treat this past, this past week was me and my wife showed the Rocky movies to our kids. And at first, some of them were a little, I wonder if I'm going to like this, but by the end of it, they were all shouting, Rocky, 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 and bringing their dad great joy. In the process. One of the things I love is the training scenes in the movies. And one of the best is in Rocky Four, which by the way, if you haven't seen the Rocky movies and you haven't seen Rocky Four, that's a special assignment for you. And even over the Christmas holidays, if you can, to watch these because they will inspire you. Rocky Four, Rocky Balboa trains to beat, uh, his counterpart, the, the great Russian Ivan Drago, and he trains in Russia to beat the Russian. And I'll I'll be a person who blows the movie for you. He beats the Russian, okay? (laughs) He beats the Russian. Listen, I'm going to throw out a spoiler there for you, because so often people who have seen movies like Rogue One spoil it for others as well. Amen? (laughs) I've seen that happen. (laughs) But the Rocky movie, The Arm of the Lord is seen in relation to, you see the power of Rocky's arms as he trains, as he runs up mountains. You get done watching that scene, and there's this song called The Training Montage, which I've had in my ears since I was a teenager, which after you listen to it, you want to go run up a mountain, and you want to 
also go and lift up an ox cart over your head and military press it. And you get to see Rocky's arms. You get to see his saving power of his arms. Your arm is what gets it done. And God's arm got salvation done for him. And God's arm is Christ, the saving might of Almighty God. It's so funny even now when I, it's funny when I, whenever I get a chance to work out, I, even if I don't work out for a long time, all I need to do, and maybe some of you guys can relate, is work out once. And I'll look in the mirror and say, I'm back. <laughs> I'd imagine that's more something that guys do than ladies do. But I can work out one time, look in the mirror and say, hey man, Rocky's got nothing on me. Look at these arms. Even though they're still drooping. Oh man. I look in the mirror and I see Rocky Balboa. But arms are associated with power. Arms are associated with might. And God's right arm is His saving might who is Christ. And here we see that God's right arm accomplishes mighty things on behalf of His people who believe. His saving might is seen in His initiative to come and take on flesh, which we celebrate here at Christmas. His saving might is seen in that He shines like a light into the darkness as we sung about this evening. His saving might is seen in that He is the light of the world who overcomes all darkness. His saving might is seen by, like verse 2 says, He grew up before Him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. That references life coming up from dryness and barrenness and death. This is what God does when He brings forth His arm to save. His power, His might are seen in His radical sacrifice that we see all throughout Isaiah 53. Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. This is referring to Jesus, as He hung up on the cross, was was reckoned that He had been cursed by God, which He was. He was bearing our curse on the cross. The radical sacrifice Christ made has brought salvation to all those in this room who have believed. He is a peace bringer, verse 5. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement or the the punishment that brought us peace. Christ was punished in our place on the cross so that those of us in this room who repent of our sins and believe in Him might be reconciled to God as we looked at through the devotional this evening that John and Natalie Buckholder read. We can be reconciled and have peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ. God's right arm. He's also a healing giver, verse 5. By His wounds we are healed, it says. Our souls can be healed no matter what you've been through, no matter how broken you are tonight. And even as the poem was talking about, oh, come all ye faithless, despondent, broken, come to the foot of the cross and receive fresh hope this evening. He is a wanderer restorer, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us have turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid upon Him the iniquity of us all. Trust in Him and He will restore you, wanderer, and bring you back into the fold of God. 
this evening. He is, verse 7 says, he was oppressed, and through his oppression, he becomes an oppression breaker, an oppression smasher. He's also a death slayer. Jesus, in verse 8 and 12, it talks about him personally being cut off out of the land of the living. We see that this radical sacrifice is going to involve death 750 years from now. So it's not going to be just a baby in a wooden manger, but it's going to be a Savior up on a wooden cross that brings salvation to His people, the one and the same, Jesus Christ. And He's going to die. It talks about here that He's going to die. In verse 12, He poured out His soul to death. In verse 11, it talks about he's a righteousness earner. This Christ, this suffering servant of God is going to be a righteousness earner. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. And by his knowledge shall the righteous one, that's what his name is, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. You may come in here filthy tonight in your sin, but if you look to Jesus Christ and believe in him, All of His earned righteousness becomes yours as a free gift of grace. And is that not good news this Christmas Eve, my dear friends? He's also a strong victor. I love the verse that Rebecca read in verse 12, where it says, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Christ is a strong Victor, I love that word with the strong. Christ is described as strong. That power and strength, that arm of God moving, which is mighty to save, is mighty through weakness, mighty through humiliation, mighty through death as God brings resurrection to Christ as He dies on the cross. He's buried But on the third day, he is raised to new life. Oh, yes, the arm of the Lord has worked salvation for all those who have believed this evening. And that is such, such good news. The arm of the Lord also represents God's reach. God's reach. My uh, One of the things I like is there's actually a section in YouTube called Dad Saves. And uh, one of the things that you see is just dads who, as their kid is about ready to fall down or get hurt or have an accident, a father comes in and actually comes and rescues his son or daughter. And uh, it's called Dad Saves. It's a great uh, channel um, on YouTube. And I saw a dad save live not too long back in our church. I was visiting care group at Mike and B.B. Miller's care group. And there's a man in our church named Daniel Patches. Daniel, are you here tonight? I'm not sure if he's here. But Daniel Patches was just talking with me. And his son, William, little William, just learning to stand, just learning to walk around, had his two hands up on the glass of the front door. And the kids were coming in and out, in and out, opening the door. Well, you know that scenario when a kid comes and opens the door and there's a toddler leaning with both hands on the door. That toddler is going to spill out. And he's going to hit his face down. And I was talking with Daniel, the dad. And as the door opened, sure enough, his son William went to spill out. And what easily could have ended up with a bloody face ended up being a dad save. 
Daniel reached very quickly with his arm and he grabbed his son as his son was fallen. And it's just one of those moments where you're like, ah, oh, yes, well done. Well done, dad. We have a story like that in my family, which is actually a little bit more serious. My sister Danae, when she was younger, we were in a great crowd and um, I remember we were walking and my sister Danae, we actually think somebody grabbed her and started to pull her off away from the family. And my dad uh, noticed it in the nick of time, really, and lunged for my sister and grabbed my sister, Danae, and pulled her back to himself. And my sister, Danae, was really rescued, we believe, by my dad that evening. Dad saved. Dad, thank you so much. And I've experienced so many times of being blessed by him and my mom as well. God's arm is mighty power, and God's arm is long reach. It's a long reach. There's a scripture that talks about, is the arm of the Lord too short? That's from Numbers chapter 11, verse 23. The question God asks of His people who are tempted to doubt is, is the arm of the Lord too short? And the answer to that question, my friends, tonight is no. The arm of the Lord is not too short to save. His arm is powerful and His arm is long and can reach into any situation and bring redemption and salvation into it. And I want to minister hope to you all this evening in relation to the long reach of God for just a few moments and then we'll close in prayer. In verse 9 through 12, we see that His reach is seen in that He was accounted amongst the wicked in His death and so that we can all be accounted righteous if we believe. In verse 10, we see God's reach in that in being put to grief, He was put to grief in order to bring us eternal joy and comfort to all of us who believe. In verse 12, it says, He poured out His soul to death. The arm of God poured out His soul to death so that those of us in this room who by grace believe in Him tonight might live and live eternally. Oh, my friend. Take hope and comfort tonight that the arm of the Lord is powerful and the arm of the Lord is long. And no matter where you find yourself tonight, I pray that this would bring great comfort to you. There may be some of you here who have wandered off There may be some of you here this evening who you don't believe yet. Isaiah 53, 1 says, Who has believed? Who has believed? My friend, in the end, that is the most important thing about every single one of us. Do you believe? Won't you believe? Christ will save you from your sins if you believe. My brother-in-law, Adam, owns a business where he sells remote starters for cars. This thing's ingenious. It just You stand from inside your living room and just point out to your car in the freezing cold, push a button, and the car starts up. It's, like it's just amazing. I, I want to give me one of those. <laughs> you might feel like your heart is cold and dead and lifeless and not running, but if you look to Christ tonight, my friend, If you look to Christ tonight, if you believe, God 
will ignite the dead engine in the cold and cause you to run for his glory. And that is what I pray will happen for every one of you who have not yet believed in Christ. For my Christian friends tonight, this Christmas Eve, take hope. Take hope. The arm of the Lord has reached down into the darkness and has saved you out of your sins. He's reached down and has delivered you from your guilt and from your shame through Christ. And He has reached into death. And He has brought spiritual life. We were once dead in our transgressions and sins. And now we've been, as Ephesians 2 says, we've been made alive. Isn't that such good news? That is what the arm of the Lord has accomplished. And we have been delivered. We have been saved. Christmas is a time of joy for many. But it's also filled with sad and painful memories. The loss of loved ones who've gone. For many of you, it brings tears. The recollection of memories from Christmas past. Christ brings hope into all of it, my friends. And I want... To close by saying this, whatever your pain, whatever your bitter circumstance this evening, whatever your struggle, whatever your sin, there is hope for you because the arm of the Lord has been revealed. Look to Him tonight and take fresh comfort and hope. Let's pray. Almighty God, how can we thank You enough for sending Your own Son, the arm of the Lord, to come and rescue and save us. Thank you that when we were wandering off, when we, like sheep, were going astray, turning to our own way, walking away in defiance of your laws and your commands, not following you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Father, for reaching out your arm and taking hold of us. We were being led away by the destroyer, Satan himself, onto the path of eternal destruction. And we would have gone, Lord, to hell forever had you not sent your Son, the arm of the Lord, Jesus Christ, to come and be a baby in the manger, to come and rescue and save us. And we just want to thank you so much for this mighty salvation and for your awesome power and worship you and give you all the glory and put all the focus on you this evening, this happy Christmas Eve, as we remember the hope that we have because you have come. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas. Love you all.